It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's We're warm, in the warm today. Warm today. Gonna be warm tomorrow. <laughs> warm yesterday. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot of warmness. It's a lot of warmness. It's a lot of heat. It's a lot of moist feelings and and not in the good way. No. 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 It's what bad. Good moist feelings, Billy. We... Let's branch. Off. I should. I think we should talk about it. Actually, I think we should get into that. No, it's worth it, y'all. We're immediately hoisted by my. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am. I'm. I'm kind of obsessed with with what we're doing right now, y'all. We're 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 in uncharted waters, uncharted territory yeah. here, as yes. Scott put it. We, you just heard the voice of. The playwright we're covering. From beyond the grave. Yes. <laughs> it's Samuel Beckett, everyone. Hey. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's not. Y'all, this is, I'm so excited about this. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the pod because I think it's, I think it's worth doing. Unless y'all have anything you want to say. Is there anything you want to throw down? Is there anything we need to discuss? Is there anything exciting? No. No, there's a lot of dragon shows on TV. Well, Ugh, very dragon forward fall. It is. Yeah, <laughs> one of them I'm very annoyed with. But well, maybe later we'll talk about which one. Uh, but in the meantime, welcome to Theater Theater, <laughs> the theater podcast for theater nerds, made by three theater makers from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm C.J. Merriman, and I'm Scott Leggett. That's right, and each week we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the works of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their plays. Mm-hmm. That's you right. Oh, you killed the bit. Okay, we're okay with no, it. We're I moving on. No, it's fine. The bit's do. dead. You the asked us dead. to. I, no, I, yeah, I stopped it last Just week. Just being respectful of You're your right. wishes, Bailey. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. No, you, said, you said you said you wanted the bit dead. It's fine. There used to be we a We can bit back there. up and do it. Nope. Because now everybody nope. wants to know what the bit is. Go back no, and listen no, to old episodes. I don't episodes. want to anymore. You got to listen right, to old episodes. Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry. We're being very disrespectful because I have to get to this moment. This is this is the whole point I'm leading up to. Right. We are covering Maddox Pennington. Yeah. That's right. It's yes. Madcast Poddington. Yes. <laughs> the name of the miniseries. <laughs> and we are joined by the phenomenal, one of my new favorite people. If you want to know why, go back and listen to the interview I already it's did great. with them. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Uh, but a, a, a writer, a, a, a genius, a USC lecturer... And someone I hope to get to know on a much deeper level. It's it's Madcast Poddington. Excuse me. It's Maddox Pennington, everyone. Yeah. Hey, Maddox. Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm Madcast. I have filed the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing it again. Sorry, <laughs> um, yeah, Maddox, it's so Madcast. I don't know. Uh, whatever you need. Uh, whatever you prefer today. Um, I... Madcast sounds like it should be your, your hip-hop name. Mm. Oh, it's a, yeah, that's everyone. a good 
Can we can we Man like cast. craft it into like a roller derby name? Do we? Oh yeah. Sure. Oh, you absolutely could. Yeah. How many ways can we derail this before ever yeah. talking about literature? Honestly, half of this podcast is being constantly derailed. Yeah. Digressions galore, and we're, yes. we're kind of proud of it. Uh, no, but but this week we are covering three of your works. We read three of your plays, one of which we actually got to see and was the winner of our Theater Theater Playwright Award at the Hollywood Fringe Festival 2022. It was our first time ever giving out this award. We've, we we got asked to sponsor it, and we said absolutely, and we went for playwriting because that's what we talk about. And uh, this is our first winner, so that's kind of cool. The Thank inaugural so winner. And this is the, and this <laughs> is the prize. Honor. Here yeah. it is. You're experiencing yeah, congratulations. The prize. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's all you get. That's all you get. And... We saw some amazing shows, but the three of us got to see this, to, got to see Love Chicken together. Yeah. And we just yeah. were all like, we just, it was like a perfectly timed everything about that afternoon. And, you know, uh, we'd had a few drinks, but we weren't drunk or anything. And we walked through Hollywood from from one venue to another, and it was a lovely evening. And then we were just like... We just kept nudging each other throughout the show, and we'll get more into it when we get to Love Chicken. We'll but... get there. That's the next episode. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, no, but we're, we're covering three of their works. That's right. We're covering Don't Call Me, mm-hmm. Annex, and Love Chicken. Now, you, the listener, probably don't know these shows yet. You might know Love Chicken, but you may not know the other two. Right. So I just we're going to introduce you to them. We're not going to go so deep that we give things away that ruins it for you, because these might be the next great plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we and we want to just make sure that uh, we cover them in a way that honors them. And then because we have the play right here, we're just going to ask some questions and, 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 and dig in a little bit. So I'm really bummed. I'm 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 giggly and, and, and just feeling excited. My cats are fighting next to me and here <laughs> in the background. I, the energy in here is palpable. It's beautiful. <laughs> we can all feel it. <laughs> Oh I didn't know the heat stroke was contagious, but I feel like that that's what right. Right <laughs> I think I did get heat stroke today. I was just telling everyone on the pod that I was outside for five hours today in 105 degree weather. It's theater fine. job. Yeah. <laughs> At a theater. You're not supposed Didn't to be we outside. We all get into theater, theater, so we would, yeah, we would just be inside, fully, <laughs> right, fully yeah. inside in the darkness. That's why you fine. go to the theater. Well, the movie right? theater, it's at least. Uh, well, you come to... Well, oh, never mind. I was going to make a whole it's really hot at the Pasadena Playhouse because our HVAC is broken joke, but now uh, it just feels too real. Um, Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to cut that out later. Probably no, not. triple it. Probably not. I'm going to triple it. Anyway, so... <laughs> we're in a weird... We're in weird form today, y'all. I'm sorry. Maddox, apologies, but also, like, I feel like after reading your plays and understanding you on this level... You can get with our weird. I'm at home in this dynamic, yes. <laughs> All right, good, yeah, good. Uh, that was that was readily apparent on the on the spotlight interview. Page one. Like, I'm, I'm oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotlight. Maddox is one of our people. <laughs> Maddox is one of our people. Yeah, you jumped right in. in. Well, that's a good place yeah. to start because everyone kind of already knows our context. Uh, what we normally do is. Scott does a little research, and by a little research, we mean he gets on Wikipedia and he looks Wikipedia. up some basic shit. <laughs> and Do I have a Wikipedia I... page? That would be amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you do have we'll a Scottopedia page. That's the um, <laughs> And the Scottopedia page consists of basically, well, we should, 
We should do the stinger first. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Scottpedia. Beautiful stinger. So, Maddox, you didn't hear the stinger, but it's beautiful. <laughs> You'll hear it later. If you want to know more about Maddox, I highly recommend going back and listening to our artist spotlight with them that we released last Wednesday, or by now, two weeks ago, yeah. um, to really get in and know more. But, Maddox, can you give us like a tiny fill-in of just who you are, couple sentences, Tell what you need them to know. In a paragraph. <laughs> but like go. start from birth and go till now. Okay. I was definitely born. I don't care what you've heard. It happened. And, uh, uh, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the Cherokee Nation. Uh, moved around a lot and then mostly grew up uh, in Northern Virginia, right outside D.C. Went to school for music, found I didn't want to practice, started writing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, did some time in publishing. Uh, went to grad school for creative nonfiction. While I was there, I wrote a book about the Brontes. They came out in 2017, and then um, after that, I moved to D.C., and I got into stand-up, and then when the pandemic hit, I had been, like, dabbling in different kinds of TV writing projects, not, you know, having them produced, but just to write them, and then I was like, oh, yeah, if you do a play, you can just, like, hey, kids, let's get a barn and put on yeah. the show. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, the best part. It's why we do it. <laughs> and so that's where most of my creative energy has been uh, for the past couple years. So I like to write plays where everybody's doing their best, and it's still a fucking mess. Yes. Really yeah. Wow. Yes. Hashtag yes. LA theater. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's me in a nutshell. It totally. Yeah. It, it makes sense. But go back and listen to it because it, it's 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 totally, in my opinion, worth listening to. Um, we're also gonna do just a shout out because we, we were talking about the playwright award award earlier. We're gonna do some other spotlight interviews with the other nominees. Yes. So yeah. check those out. Uh, uh, Scott and CJ are doing some of those, and then I mm -hmm. have a couple uh, lined up as well. So that'll be super fun. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's start with this first play, okay? First of all, it's called, just introduce it, Don't Call Me. Well, this will <laughs> lead to something I'm excited about in a second, but will you just give us a, a brief what what year this was written, like conceived, and then what year it was like finished? real quick before we break it down. I did the whole thing in the summer of 2020. Uh, <laughs> nice. I just, we were all inside. And so I just made up a bunch of people to hang out with. Right on. That's so cool. CJ, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Should we talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> what's your, what's your therapist's name? <laughs> Should we call her? Listen, she's more of a texter. <laughs> no, girl, break it down. CJ's breakdown. A mashup of Charlotte Bronte's lesser-known Shirley and a group of high schoolers, namely Teresa and Marie, tried to navigate their lives, families, identities, prom, love, and loss. Yeah, I mean, that's good. sure. That's, that's a good, without giving away too much. That's like without... uh, that's nailing it. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking back now, and I'm like, I don't want to give it because I have done that before. But they're plays that have been around for decades. Now that CJ has had that really embarrassing breakdown, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything you need to get off your chest? I mean, I don't think that there's anything that you can spoil about this play because yeah. the, you know, the book is so old and it requires a cast of about 20 people. Like it's really a first pancake of a play yeah. of mm -hmm. just like 
putting my putting it on like I was wearing like 3D goggles and just like kind of playing it like a video game, you know, yeah, like this is yeah, what I want yeah, to happen yeah. next. This is what I want to happen. Um, and I was taking a, a playwriting class, like an adaptation class at the time. Um, so I don't think it's spoiling it for anybody to say that like Charlotte Bronte appears in this play as somebody who mm. texts with the protagonist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, you know, a, a big swing. Uh, but it also, like, it very much comes out of the, the book that I wrote about, like, growing up a real reader of the Brontes and feeling so personally connected. So um, there's a lot of that, too. So I think it's it's fun. I hope someday I'll see it on stage. It just it has, requires a ton of people. <laughs> it does. But, it you know, big. yeah, like, we think about theater a lot in terms of what we're able to do, like, black box theater, a barn theater, right, as mm -hmm. you say. Um, but, like... There's all levels of theater. This could happen. This could, yeah. this is not an impossible task. And no. after reading things like we've covered Sarah Kane, who's a playwright who writes things that are so impossible, so impossible that even like CGI wouldn't tackle it. And yet it's like <laughs> in the in the script. Right. So I don't think so. After I don't. I don't. I think this is possible. I think this is. I mission, think it's possible, but like possible. I just I submitted it to something uh, this week where they were like, "We'd like a small to medium sized cast, for example, three to five. And I was Ooh. like, "That's <laughs> small to medium." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do have almost everybody except for like the main four people from the book Shirley and the main four high schoolers double and in some cases triple cast. Sure. So I'm like trying to be as efficient as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's that's what you do. You know, yeah. you figure it out. You figure it out creatively. I have a confession to make. I have a couple of confessions. You've never to read make. a Bronte book. Not true. Oh, actually, my first confession was I had read Shirley. Really? Way back. This made wow. me want to read. Nobody ever reads it. I know. I know. And I wow. When I when I when I opened up the play and started, I'm like, oh, I had this groovy, groovy hippie uh, professor, uh, Doctor Sutterman. I will never forget him. Shout I took out to Doctor Sutterman. Yeah, uh, but he put this in. It was uh, an intro to English Lit, I think. Yeah, something like that. An overview of English Lit. And then I took him for modern British literature, which where I read like Clockwork Orange and stuff. But but no, I remember it. And sure, I remember Shirley. Sure. I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> it's like, that's the one where she... She dresses up like a guy. Like, like I had like all these like things, memories come back as I was, you know, because I, I don't remember. I mean, this is 25, 20, more than 25 years ago. So, um, but then I have to confess that it wasn't until yesterday that I got the joke. Don't call me Shirley. Surely. It didn't, it didn't <laughs> click in. No, I, was, I... It, was, it was the perfect <laughs> grenade joke. I'm like, ah, right on. Like, I'm digging it. I'm like, oh, don't call me. Ah, duh. Now, I grew up in a household of with a father who was deeply obsessed with things such as Airplane <laughs> and Mel Brooks and things like this. So this kind of humor does not escape me lightly, right? I saw that right away to the point where every time I, I not, said I the not. name of the play out loud to anyone it was i would say don't call me shirley is this play i'm reading right now and it's <laughs> i didn't it's get that. it i didn't get it until scott just explained it ah. <laughs> i figured it's okay. i know that joke it's okay oh, i mean i think there was a point in my life where i could have told spoken the entire airplane script out loud <laughs> from sure. memory you know so you gotta delete that at some like point I mean, and make room for like, like where you parked right <laughs> right exactly it's like some of that information is like where where does it all go um 
But no, so I can it, still it, do so every line from the to... movie UHF. <laughs> oh man, UHF that's was all. Hang on to that one. You could just Yeah, that's the only movie I won't get rid of. That one doesn't delete. That's rent free. <laughs> Mine's probably like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. You can do oh, it yeah. remote. It's not, that's not spoof Star comedy, but it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Comedy. It's just the best Indiana Jones is what it is. In a way, it's a spoof Yo. comedy. I'm bringing your dad on the adventure. Like, yeah. <laughs> not spoof comedy. No, that's Last Crusade. I thought you said, you said. Oh, I thought you said Temple of Doom. Sorry. Oh, no. Last Crusade's oh. the best one. Does everyone agree? No, Scott doesn't. Okay, cool. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Why would you? Why? You're right. I'm sorry. We're moving on. We're moving on. That's not a digression we're doing today. Um, <laughs> also, I love you all deeply. I want you to know that. Yes. Uh, okay. So, Don't Call Me Shirley. Brilliant. Already, I'm on board with you. Uh, there's something that we talk a lot about, which is stage directions. And... Mm -hmm. Your stage directions, you just explained like, oh, you know, I don't, I just kind of was just throwing stuff in there. It's a, it's a whirlwind of, of ideas and whatever, but you actually are doing something that a lot of our favorite playwrights do, which is you speak to us. Yes. The reader mm -hmm. slash director. Mm -hmm. Right. I immediately loved how you handled your reader. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you right away are like. I know. Don't get hung up on it. They're texting. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you're like, okay. And then you immediately. I listen to you. I go, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like I get it. And like, n do you need that in a final draft that goes to print for actors? Maybe not. Do I need it as a reader who's not seeing this play who wants to direct it? By the way, right. um, yeah. like yes. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I get you, yeah. I get you. We're on the same wavelength. And I think that connects us right away. I mean, that's page two. I wrote that note, page two. Yeah. And yeah. then you right. never it's... never failed. Like, it just was always in that vein till the very yeah. end. And I love the, the specificity in the stage directions. And then you know, three or four lines, like, really, like, laying it out. And then it's kind of, then you throw in her, or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, I got you. You're painting a picture for me. But then as a director, I also feel like, oh, there's there's breathing room here. There's freedom, there's some, yeah. yeah. It's a there's... collaborative way of working. It's a way of saying, or, like, you know, you're a director, you're a cast. If I can figure it out. <laughs> right. I don't know. Exactly. Are, like, tell the story, <laughs> bitch. For this or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you that do that. A, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want to hear you. That please. was a, a big part of the class I was taking. It was with the Shakespeare Theater class, uh, Shakespeare Theater in DC. Um, Hannah Hessel Ratner was teaching it, and one of her things to us was like, every play should have one stage direction that's like impossible to do. You get to decide how <laughs> present you are. Like you get to kick some problems to the creative team down the road. Yeah. But something else I've realized, like right now, the the play that I'm currently working on is being workshopped with like an actual director, and I'm sitting, you know, behind her watching her work with the actors and realizing that that is how I write my direct. Like I write it as like, well, if I'm directing this, this is what it looks like. But you right. guys do you. Like I want there to be enough that if someone's reading this to think about, could I, you know, produce this on a stage? What does that mean? What does it look like? But I also, yeah, like you're saying, it's a collaborative thing. But I have definitely realized that I, I fully approach all my work like I'm directing it as I'm writing it. Mm. I think you have to, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. that it's all, you know, um, it was like a, there was a recent interview with Tarantino where he was talking about, like, it's real hard for him now at this point in his career to 
think about directing somebody else's script like he's like i don't right. know because like it's all one thing for him it's all or like one handing process. off a script like he used to right well, yeah and then it's yeah super free, like though that. to be able to like get feedback from the director and to watch the actors do it and be like okay they know what they're doing i can take it out now yeah. and so that the, the script i'm gonna have mm. at the end of this workshop mm. process is gonna feature me just kind of pulling back and being like okay they know what they've made i agree with the choice they're making so i don't now need to like direct them to do it yeah, cool. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you do this kind of th this other thing collaboratively with the director slash cast slash designers where you because of the way that this is structured with the transitions between our world and the curates or the what you know, like the, yeah, the, the, book, the there's like the book world, the there's book like the world, world. like for folks world. who haven't had a chance to see this, which is everybody because it's never been done. But uh, think <laughs> about either a princess bride or the never ending story where there's like the people reading Ooh, the story. Yeah. And there's the people experiencing the world of the book. Right. Well, mm -hmm. OK, so actually, I, I want to come back to that and say I want to say my one compliment first and then I actually have a whole table about one that. Compliment. My okay. one compliment of many, but I had one that before I before the road starts. I just before I rip this to shreds. No, no, no. What I meant was I before I lose it. Um, um, you give amazing opportunities for directors to play with the interesting transitions between the worlds without literally saying like, and this is exactly how that happens. It's like no, no, no. That might be lighting. That might be whatever. But it's but you're still clear and allowing a lot of artistic collaboration. It's what I would call like leaving space between the lines. Mm. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I, I don't mean to keep talking, but I want to say this. I think this will spark good say conversation. It. You were just talking about like, think about the things where like these people get sucked into the thing. Right. Okay. One of my favorite subgenres of fiction is, kid gets sucked into blank, right? Yeah. Like, King story. Court. Jumanji. Mm -hmm. Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. Jumanji. Page Master. Never ending story. Hook. Hook, okay. <laughs> I don't know about Hook. God <laughs> damn it. That's the second one. Hook doesn't That's count. That's your second strike. Hook doesn't totally count. count. They don't get sucked back. into anything. They just go to Neverland. <laughs> okay. And how do they do that? They go up in the sky and they come down where? If I want to go to Neverland, where do I go, Bailey? Second start of the rain straight on to morning. <laughs> okay. My point is... There's a transformational quality to that star. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> if Hook is, then Peter Pan is. Like, OG. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm way off base. It's not going to a different land, though. Okay, anyway. Alice in but, Wonderland. Yes, it is. It's Alice in Wonderland. Neverland. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, but, this, but the even deeper subgenre of, like, interaction with literary, literary yeah. figure, yeah. right? Like, the... the and, and, yeah, uh, well, sure. But, like, Pleasantville. Never-ending yeah. story is, like, my ultimate of that. My nephew yeah. is named Bastion. Like, Aww. family grew up on that. You know what I mean? Like... Um, and then there's this musical that I really love that I was in in high school or in uh, middle school called Moby Dick the musical. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's it's about these kids at a inner city school who are having like a lot of trouble staying open, and the headmistress um, comes in and she's like, "The school is closing," and this kid is like, "I I wrote this musical called Moby Dick." <laughs> The musical. <laughs> and if we put it on and we sell tickets, maybe the school can stay open. And the headmistress goes, okay, but I have to play Ahab. And she goes, okay, cool. And gives it to her. And then the headmistress plays Ahab. And it's, it is two hours of dick jokes. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. like, but like kind of forward thinking, like good, <laughs> funny, woke, like, like, 
queer, fun stuff. Like, this isn't just, you know, it's it's fun, okay? Um, I mean, Moby Dick is much funnier than people think because it's yes. so, like, serious and it's code for, like, an impossible project. But, like, yes. it's one of my dad's favorite books, and we read it with a book club of his during the pandemic. And, like, it's goofy in spots. It's, like, very oh, silly. Yeah. Like, Dickensian oh, yeah. silly. Yes. Yeah. And, which it, I it, love. It has to be. He lets out the valve throughout that book. Mm-hmm. actually kind of nicely like uh, you know and besides the queequeg stuff the musical still totally holds up so i think <laughs> <laughs> um that song's problematic but the rest you could you could do stuff um ali thriller miller did it at ali miller shout out um, ali miller shaw ali miller fisher shaw fisher misher <laughs> um she, no, he's changed I, his last oh, name no, no, i no, don't know what yeah. any of their names are um, yeah. Allie, he's, a good he's friend, Mr. Miller, who runs, who runs, uh, the burlesque Cherry company, Poppins. Cherry Poppins. They did it years ago, um, as just like a fun sort of like, I think it was during pride or something, just like a fun thing. But I was in it in middle school where they like tried to make us just play all of the innuendo straight <laughs> and like act like it wasn't there, but it, you couldn't anyway. Um, all that to say they, as they're doing the musical, they have like hockey sticks for like, like for Hockey. rowing and stuff. And then as it goes, it becomes more and more actually Moby Dick. And by act two, it's like truly Moby Dick, but everything's like cardboard, but beautiful and giant and like amazing. So I, I was just like getting those vibes from this a little bit. I'm getting that kind of like that genre that I love. I'm in two minutes in because the show starts and you do this, the texting on screen conceit, which rules, mm-hmm, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I love that great. editing in television and movies. Yes. Yeah. And to do it on screen, I'm, I'm madly in love with because you can get a whole other layer of comedy and drama out of the timing of those things showing up. Absolutely. That when the dot, dot, dots are there, when they're not, things like this, and how the audience reads them, you can actually play with as a designer and a director. There's a play called, I hate to keep comparing, but there's a play called Water by the Spoonful, uh, by Hudes, uh, H-U-D-E-S, um, Kira Algera, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, and uh, she also wrote In the Heights and, and like a bunch of other amazing, yes, 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 yes. Um, she is um, uh, one of my favorite playwrights, and I, it's sad that I couldn't just say her name perfectly, even though she's one of my favorite playwrights. We're supposed to cover her next season, uh, but this is the second in a trilogy. It's called Water by the Spoonful, and, it's a, and most of the play takes place in a chat room uh, amongst for people who are trying or who are basically like keeping each other from using Mm, drugs. My gosh. Wow. uh, Via this chat room. And so they're standing on stage talking, but their texts are above them. And the way that it plays with is like super interesting. Anyway, all that to say, I fell in love right away with this piece because both of those things together are two of my favorite things right so i'm i as bailey am already on board and then you just you really take us through and you avoid the pitfalls of the kid gets sucked into literature stuff you mm-hmm. you don't spend a bunch of time on why are you here you know and like right. all that kind of shit <laughs> um anyway i've spoken enough no no you're, I, you're absolutely right go ahead siege i i read the email that you had sent when when you initially sent us the scripts and you had said that you felt that Annex was the more theatrical piece of all of them. And while it is theatrical, I would I would say that this one is quite theatrical. Um, and I mean, all of these, and I'll say it again and again, all of these pieces, I would love to see as film and television, but also as plays. Because I think it's too 
really oh, yeah. cool different I, representations that you could do yes. with the exact same script. It's exciting. Um, I I totally agree. Like, and it, it, it's funny because as I, I replays one of the challenges that I've had in doing this podcast is trying to be neutral when I open up a play and start to read it because usually by default I either go, I either latch on as an actor either to a role or two right. roles or as a director. And so to just step back and be audience member reading a play, that's a different thing. But I couldn't, I couldn't do that, which is a compliment because I literally, I literally was jotting down notes going, <laughs> Oh, you could do this. Oh, these could, Oh, you could move it this way. Like, how would I do it in this space? And like, um, so that's hats off to you. Um, just a quick digression. Like, cause I felt digressions. that digressions, uh, we'll have to have Ryan do it. Ryan, you got to do that it. Time. We say that every time. We never do it. Just keep going. No, next season. We have to get to a season, though. Okay. Like, we added new ones this year. But anyway, um, <laughs> would you describe uh, this or Annex as, as magical realism? Like, how would you, yeah, you I would categorize 100%. it? I would describe Annex as magical realism, which I know we're going to talk to later. But the, <laughs> the most exciting character for me in Annex is the talking bowl of pink light named Belinda Carlisle. I've been I've <laughs> literally Belinda Car. I've had Belinda Carlisle and Go Go songs in my head for a week now. So, <laughs> There's a really good documentary you, uh, on HBO. You should watch. Um, but yeah, so I would say that one is more overtly magic. Whereas for me, the thrilling part of this is like it's magic that nobody acknowledges. Like mm -hmm, even right. when the main character Teresa like finds herself and Shirley, everyone's just like, "Yeah, hey, what's up? That kid's here again." Um, <laughs> and it's it's just not overly explained. And for me, that's because like with both like queerness and a really intense level of literature, like it's a thing that just happens. You know, like a fish doesn't know what's in water. It's just a mm -hmm. thing that happens. And I definitely was inspired by the work of Jasper Ford, F F O R D E, who has a whole series about just people going in and out of books. Um, uh, right that's, that's been inspiring me since like I was in high school. I love, love, love his stuff. It, like one of the things he does is have a literary detective who goes into a world of books where like all these characters come together and have like a board of directors, you know? So they're all like <laughs> both in character and out of character in, you know, this sort of bureaucratic world. Um, and that just always tickles me. Like, it's just always delightful yeah. to be like, well, what if everyone's just hanging out backstage? Right. Right. And, and, <laughs> and then just, and, uh, and I noticed this with, with all three plays that there's just a flow. It's this, it's this nice, uh, how do I put it? Very human, very real. Mm. And I think that that's the, the juxtaposition of, Hey, we're going in and out of literature. I'm talking about the Brontes. We've got all this stuff happening, but that, that, that it's this, because there's no villain. There's no, bad person and I, I, how did you describe it at the beginning oh everybody's doing their best and it's still a fucking mess yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm like and i and you're just like you're just in it and so you you and i just noticed that i just kind of just flowed through in terms of reading it sitting and then i would get distracted and go oh then you could do it this way and <laughs> this oh oh lights here and we'll use backwards projection here and, <laughs> Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So glad you're all in on this production with me. That's amazing. Yeah, right. We're, we're putting we're it up here. already. We're, we're, you we're don't know. But the, we've already got the Patreon story. <laughs> it's so humbling to go from like the the dream that you have for your script to the logistics. Like with Love Chicken in the original script that I wrote and was like sending out before deciding to do it at the Fringe, I wanted the cabin in Love Chicken to be like fully a cabin on uh what's the like a lazy susan that fully turned around <laughs> to be, yeah. Yeah, to be the, the the cafe 
day and then spun back around and like it could see, be love chicken is a lot like Les Mis. <laughs> yeah that's what i think of you know it needs a turntable it needs a turntable <laughs> i just want that cabin to be able to turn around and like of course in reality then i was like well we'll have a couch and we'll move it from the right side to the left side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of trimming of expectation and blueprint in theater. And yeah. it's kind of why we love it in a lot of ways. It's the, you know, it's why everyone freaks out during Tech Week. It's why, because there's a lot of like, wait, oh yeah, that can't actually happen how that we thought work. it was going to. Um, I, I also I wanted that. to add that uh, Makes love, it chicken, love Chicken was at the McCadden. And um, I have been frustrated a lot when I've gone there and maybe it's been the stuff I've seen, but mm. you can even ask the guys we were walking over there and I was like, God, oh, I'm a cat and this is- I heard you say it on that episode and I wondered what it was. I mean, it doesn't, like the backstage is modest, but for me it was like the built-ins, the fact that there's like a stair and a balcony and different kinds of doors. You right. used it great. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then I saw another short musical at Fringe, which I, I talked about a lot on here, was uh, a dream before the dream at the end of time. Yeah. The Lovecraft musical. Mm-hmm. And that one, I was like, they did a great job. I think I got an encore there for Night Witches years ago. And like the doors are just not wide enough to carry anything through. <laughs> oh, and, gosh. But, yeah. uh, no, but I, I loved Love chicken in that space and i love the way y'all used we're it. not talking about love chicken <laughs> not yet i sorry sorry <laughs> my fault i started it um, <laughs> i the the big note i wrote down at the end of this play was i wish that we had had writers like maddox available to us when i was in conservatory Aww. because like I and this was 2002 to 2006, but like our professors would be like, "There's just no plays for people your age unless it's like Neil Simon or or Jane Martin." <laughs> or we we would just wait with bated breath for the Humana Festival book every mm. year. Mm. But like you know the uh, the amount of old women that I played when I was 19 years old. Yeah. So like, just to have, and it's, and you know, they're, they're younger people in this and they're depthful and they're interesting. Like, you know, they're not Neil Simon teenagers. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that about it. I mean, a lot of that comes from, you know, I'm, I teach college. I teach college freshmen when they're in that really pivotal point of beco- going from like high schoolers to college students, which is a step closer to adulthood. And like, they're so fun and wacky and honest and they've got so much, going on mm-hmm. um so it really it felt exciting to kind of both dramatize the experiences i've had with them but then also if i got to teach like a big class that was nothing but surely this is how i would want it to mm-hmm. feel like i would want it to feel alive and engaging and i would want them to understand that like all the things that they're feeling have been felt before and that means that there's like life after these feelings and life with these feelings well listen there's been it's been a long time since i was in high school but all of that Mm -hmm. stuff i was like yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. i remember this it keeps you young man you're like wow that's still we're still we're still doing that huh uh-huh. Yeah. I also I love the like the dig that millennials are old jokes too. <laughs> that that are sprinkled amongst all of these. <laughs> I mean it's true. Yes, no, I know. We're there. Yeah, yeah. we're there, aren't we? Okay. I like it. <laughs> I like being old with y'all. <laughs> says shut, up. Y- <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Says, says the youngest person here. Yeah. 
This is another I love being old. <laughs> I teach uh, an empathy and monsters class at USC. And one of the things I always do is a presentation of like scary or not scary, where I just give them pictures of monsters and I ask them to say like, is this scary based on looking at it? Why? What are the things about it that scare you? And one of my favorite sequences in it is that I do like angel from Buffy as, you know, beautiful David Boreanaz. And then I do like vampire angel. And then I right. do the puppet angel. And I'm like, which one of these is the scariest and why? And they're all like, who are these guys? <laughs> oh no. Like, oh no. Oh no. Oh. Like I showed them Adam from season four who was the scariest fucking guy and they're like, they look at that right? makeup that looks like garbage. And I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> like don't, don't mess with my buffy. Don't my, mess with my, my buffy or my angel. One, my favorite thing to say to people is when I was your age in Street yeah. Fighter Street Fight Street Fighter Street Fighter, <laughs> they went to the USSR. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The USSR. Oh my god! Listen, I remember when like I remember when Gorbachev was in office, and he's dead now. <laughs> that's what we should have opened the show with. I mean, I remember growing up on. I mean, a lot of old old media, but then also like I would come home from school every day and watch the reruns of SNL on Comedy Central, which were oh, all yeah. from the late '80s or early '80s sometimes. And so I also grew up comfortable being sort of a wash in references I didn't quite understand. Like Mystery mm. Science Theater old episodes where you're like, yeah. I don't know what any of these are, but I know they're jokes. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I, tried to, I tried to watch like the new Mystery Science Theater and I was like, it's weird to do this with contemporary references. Like it's it different. is. We yes. also, oh, we also yes. grew up yeah, in a sure. time where like Disney was making, and I say we, I mean all of us, all four of us grew up in a time where Disney was making movies for adults that happened to be animated. Like I think <laughs> about like things like The Great Mouse Detective or like, Right. Um, the rescuers. Yeah. Like, if you rewatch those movies, like they get like drunk. There's like burlesque numbers. <laughs> all dogs like, go to heaven. Like children don't need that. All dogs yeah. go to heaven. Need that. Up. Bible. All that yeah. shit. Like you watch it, and it's Listen, like thematic. Kids these days, they're so. And, no, and I don't care about any of that. No, I don't think that's true because I think there's like no, still shit out there. But what I really mean is like. Like we were, it was in a time where like that was a lot of our our film, right? That was a lot of what we were engaging with. Mystery Science Theater is a perfect example of it. They, they did a good job of like they were referencing something, and I didn't know what it was, but I was still with it. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you would be watching the Flintstones and like Jimmy Carter or somebody, would be on, <laughs> yeah. and he'd have yeah. a totally differently uh, like animated face because it had to look like him, and he couldn't look like a Flintstone, and you'd be like, I don't know who that is, but hilarious. And Animaniacs right, right. is all golden oh, yeah. age of Hollywood jokes. Oh, oh, yeah. one, oh that's yeah. the best example, oh. actually. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's the that's, one. Uh, because it was even, its references were even older than when it was. Yeah. It was like, like, the, like, it so, like anti-chronological. Yeah. Oh, so wild. much. So, so one Digression. of the most brilliant shows. How have we ever. digressed this far? Okay. So <laughs> I want to bring it back a little bit because I, does anybody have a final thought on Don't Call Me Shirley? Excuse me. Don't call me. Colin. T- Colin Shirley. Shirley. Um, does anybody have a final thought? Because I, I want to get into Anna. Yeah, I just really uh, I just enjoyed want, it. <laughs> I did too, and uh, especially that core relationship that that the the yeah. Marie and Maria, Teresa. Marie and Teresa evolution of that relationship, and just the awkwardness and the wonderfulness of it, and all of that. Just it just comes across clear as a bell, Maddox. It really does. Like it, yeah. it it's it. You want to watch it? Like I want to see this. I yeah. want to see this play. So. Agreed. And as a first endeavor in terms of playwriting, because we shit. do we talk about evolutions here, it is pretty incredible that this is like your first outing. 
and that yeah. it, because then you do evolve in the next two, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Yeah. Let's talk about the next one, okay? Uh, Maddox, do you have a final final thought on? I'm just so glad that you all connected with it. There was a lot of like sturm and drang on my part of like, sure. especially because the language is so <laughs> archaic in Shirley itself that like yeah. I just want to hear it all out loud. But then sure. I would read it and be like, oh, no one's gonna let's do a reading. <laughs> no <one's> gonna... <laughs> oh, fucking um, yes, let's do. You it. have to like really prove because again, Charlotte Bronte was not a, a concise writer, and so the, the challenge was really like pulling out the parts that were the funniest, writing in her voice to like rewrite those parts, and then just making it accessible for younger audiences. So I, I do hope that it gets picked up by people who want to cast, you know, 10 to 27 teenagers in a play yeah. about Shirley. Really, yeah, it's awesome. We're going to do it. So yeah, we'll I do, I, you know, I, I teach at Shakespeare Youth Festival and they're always looking for like one or two shows each festival that aren't actually Shakespeare shows oh. that are kind of like, kind of, you know, other related, like, and this is kind of other related. I mean, yeah, we've done I mean, things like, that have nothing to do with Shakespeare. Out and just like leave pages of it around the festival yes. and have people be like, what is this? Perfect. <laughs> That's it. I have yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make I it happen. Um, okay. I want to move on to the next one. This, this is, this is <clears throat> Annex, which you have wrote in more, wrote in. I have wrote. Oh. You wrote oh. Oh. I recently wrote in. Today, it's 108. It's 108. It's 108 degrees outside. Um, you wrote in this. Uh, when did you wrote in this? I wrote in this after Love Chicken. So Love Chicken, after Shirley, I wrote Love Chicken because I was like, I need something super producible. There's going to be four people, minimal locations. And then with Annex, I had been watching the National Theater Live production of uh, Angels in America. Just Angels, yes. Just over and over and over again because Andrew Garfield, like his every facial expression is so good. And I was like, I want to write something as inexplicable as parts of this feel. Like my favorite moment mm. in that production is when he's sitting at the desk or the, the vanity and a feather just falls mm. into his lap. And I'm, I was just like, how, I don't know how they, how do you make sure that a feather falls <laughs> from the ceiling into Andrew Garfield's lap? And so I was like, well, I want to come up with something like that. And so I wrote Annex. <laughs> yeah. And I think you have, I think you have in some ways. There's, and you say you're talking more, I think, on a technical level about the theater, theatrical moments, but also I do think there is some Kushner DNA in this. Mm, I, wanna, mm. I, I do want to say that, and not not necessarily like Angels in America DNA, but like some Kushner in here. We, <laughs> we covered Kushner, so we've read a lot of his plays, yeah, um, and watched a lot of his movies that he's he yeah. screenplays. Well, and then we also just covered me. West Side Story. What hit me too was thinking about this after listening to the interview and that your background is in literature Mm. and that kind of writing and that, that, that evolved into playwriting. You know, we talked about it with, with Beckett, like Beckett wrote, I mean, he was in his forties before he wrote Godot and had written novels and written essays and all that. And he had the need that he had the only way he could express that thing was through drama, and that that comes across too. So yeah. I, it's yeah. it's and you I it's I can, why I, I can introduced them as Sam, as Samuel Beckett. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but for I could sure. hear you thinking through it. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea of there being different forms a hundred percent resonates with me because, like, I was you know was an actor in high school, but I was not good at it and now I look back and I'm like oh that was all gender stuff like I was acting all the time so I didn't know how to like mm. stop doing that acting and act wow different. Yeah, sure. and then I got into creative nonfiction, which is just about trying to tell the truth and then when I would do 
um, readings for my book, I would suddenly be aware of my audience and I would hear when I would lose them. But if you're reading hmm. a published book, you can't fix it. So then I started doing <laughs> stand up where when you lose them, you can immediately get them back. Right. Um, and then I wanted to have their attention for two, two and a half hours. Right. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, that's the best part about writing plays too, is the workshopping. You know, mm. you get to rewrite this 5,000 times if you want to. Yeah. You know? We still, there's low. still people that were, yeah, that's low. We, we still, there's still playwrights that are putting out redos of their plays. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wasn't it Kushner that put out like a redux of one of his plays recently? Did he? Like a third one? I mean, well, he, he's constantly been tweaking part two for, Bright Room Called Day. Is that, yeah. is that who I'm thinking uh, of? And then Edward Albee. Edward Albee went Oh, and, that's who we did recently. Yes. Who, the, 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 who just is like, Oscar nah. Wilde. Oscar Wilde did, yeah, did some retweets. Oh, well, he, he, he <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, he kind of had to at some point. And then, yeah, like, yeah. yeah that was all weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Bright Room <laughs> Called Day, I'm pretty sure, got like a Redux edition that Kushner put out like 10 years later and stuff like that. Like, you can rewrite these things. You can do this. A hundred different times. So, okay. It's your okay. work. You get to. That's right. CJ. Yeah. Uh, you've already done one of these today, so I hope energetically you can get out another I'm one. I'm seeing my therapist on Thursday. So. Okay. That's, is that enough time? Oh, that Thursday? That's a long time from now. I know. Uh, it's okay. I love you. Um, yeah. Do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Break it the fuck down. Interesting. Right. here. Elliot is a parent struggling to manage their mental illness, co-raising a trans son she was too young to have, and proving to her family of choice that the brain juice is all good. <laughs> they search for and concoct a miracle cure that comes in the form of a misty pink light deemed Brenda Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, genius. Uh, Maddox, uh, how'd I do? Pretty good, except it's Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, Belinda I was... Belinda Carlisle. Bel Oh, I was literally sitting in the silence of, wait, that's not right, right? It's Brenda, Brenda Carl, right? Why did I put that down? It's My fine. Apology. You're not a Go-Go's fan like us. It's fine. Well, I, that wasn't it the Go-Go's music for... Um, Head Over Heels? Heels? You obviously didn't yeah. see Head Over Heels. I did see we it, did. but we I'm, all not, saw it right. together. I'm not a Go-Go's exactly. person, but I do apologize for getting <laughs> oh, that name bad. wrong. I mean, you're going to be hearing from a really angry bowl of pink light, but it's fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, it was it's it's a brilliant construct. It is. It is. I think uniquely theatrical, because yeah, your brain starts going, "How do I do this?" But then, it's it's that's not what it is. It's 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 how Elliot is reacting with it and to it and um, and what's oh I don't digression. What's the documentary? Oh, HBO? there's just a GoGo's documentary uh, on HBO now that like follows them and then looks it's at good. them kind of reuniting and is it good? Wild. Oh my yeah. god! I saw them back in the day. I saw them before the breakup when I was a young teen. It's a lot and... of wild stories, man. Oh my god! Some of the stories are crazy. <laughs> you know, right on, Scott. Um, sorry. Do you remember Chernobyl? I do remember Chernobyl. I just rewatched that series. I was afraid. I remember being a kid and being very afraid that the wind was going to carry it all over and yeah. that we were, we were all going to die. Yeah. All right. I, was just I didn't understand the weather or <laughs> geography <laughs> really, but uh, yeah, I was alive. Then. Fuck you. No, <laughs> that like, wasn't it at all. No, I hate, was like no a year and a half. Shut up, CJ. Yeah. That's why you don't remember. Okay. That's my point. Uh, but you watched the miniseries. So now you know everything about it. Uh, yeah. So uh, this, this Maddox is channeling some hardcore things for me. Uh, most specifically, and I, I, 
like right away, this channel's death becomes her for me. <laughs> oh, interesting. That one. I vividly remember the cover at Blockbuster. Of course. Uh-huh. I would always look at it and be like, what the fuck is going on? And then I would keep it moving. As someone who managed a Blockbuster at uh, my four years of high school. Wow, what a difference. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time um, staring at Is that a cases. salaried or hourly? Wait, your four <laughs> years of high hourly. school? They hired so my a freshman year, check this out. This is crazy. No, this is real. This is no real. No wonder they went bankrupt. Good so God. my brother, this is no true. No wonder we don't quick, use VHS. Quick digression. <laughs> no, this is this is amazing because it happened during that moment. This the moment that Blockbuster shut down. So this is what happened. Okay. It was because of you. It was. <laughs> so, well, oh, well, okay. Okay. I'm going to tell this real quick. I'm so sorry. I'm going to tell this real quick. This is worth telling. I, at Blockbuster, lived across the street from one my entire life. My brother worked there. I spent my whole life going there. I knew everyone the whole time. So by the time I was 14 and went in to get a job, they were like, here, and gave me a job. (laughs) By the end of that summer, I was a shift manager. Wow. (laughs) I was was promoted before people who had been working there for like 10 years who were like in their 40s. Okay. Oh. And I can do for you. Yeah, I would because I just talked to movies with the customers. That's all I wanted to do. And I looked at Death Becomes Her and walked around talking about how cool the cover was. And I literally like, like, loved that job. I, I loved that job so freaking much. And my final year, uh, senior year, I was oh my sophomore year, I became manager. And by my senior year, I was manager of two stores. I was a store manager. Wow. And I was like, yours? Yes. And I was running because one guy had quit and they were like, here, can you run this for a while? And I ended up running it for like six months. And I was a senior in high school playing football. Like, it was like a whole thing. And on drumline. Like, it was this whole thing. That sure does beat corn to tassel. You were playing football and then going to do the drumline. Yes. At intermission. At at intermission. Halftime. Yeah, no, intermission is what I call it. Um, No, yes, I was. That's a whole other thing. I would sing the national anthem with the choir, put on my pads, and then take them off for halftime. Sounds like my years of cheerleading. This is my high school time. I was also a cheerleader, but that wasn't during the football season. Okay, here's the thing. We're getting off Bailey, because holy shit. But my point is, Blockbuster, uh, uh, I spent a lot of time there, and Death Becomes Her... Is is like one of those that's like burned in my memory as a as a cover, and I fell in love with it in college, and it's like one of those that has really been like adopted by the the drag especially community, Ooh. but the queer community in general, but but the the drag community, the, the, the drag race community references it a lot, um, and so it's like kind of present in my mind always. It's also a Zemeckis film. It's Robert Zemeckis, mm-hmm. um, Bobby Z, uh, director of Back to the Future. And- I'm just reading the plot on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, it's Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and it, uh, 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 what's Bruce. her name? Oh, uh, Bruce, of course, but it's... what's it's Susie? Uh, Isabella Rossellini? Uh, Rossellini, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say Bellucci. It's it's, not, it's, it, is a, it is an odd cast. It is a, it's, <laughs> it's it good. Is a crazy, cool, weird movie. It is crazy cool. Anyway, don't I, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but I want you to watch it because I think you're like tapping into a similar kind of thing without it being the same kind of spoofiness, which that that death becomes her ends up kind of being. But that's all. That's all. That's all I want to say. We went down a really long rabbit hole for me to just say it feels like death becomes her. I mean, I definitely <laughs> see that the idea that there's like mental illness and a potion and then a lot of like social drama. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the central question of annex is also, 
as somebody who struggles with like mental illness, how, and this is the way I talk about it to myself, this is not the way I would talk about it to other people, but like how crazy is too crazy to like have a kid? Mm. And then also the idea of if you're like running buddies with somebody who's in recovery the same way you are, what happens when you bond over how, like what a mess you both are and then one of you gets better. Like the logistics of having somebody yeah. who's experiencing instability in their life and the the bonds that bind us as, you know, again, especially in your family, there's so much pressure to like, we support each other no matter what. And I'm like, yeah, but logistically at a certain point, everybody has a, a, a breaking <laughs> sure. point, right? Where like, sure. I support and love you and want you to go through what you're going through, or whatever you have to go through. But like, I can't do this Monday through Friday. And I've been both the, the trouble person. I was and about to the, say. The, I've been both of those people in different relationships. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I connected with yeah. most is I, I have been both of those people. I've been yeah. the person that, was like, yeah, but we just, we're just having fun. We're fucking around. We're getting high. We're doing shit, you know? And, and then I've been the person who was like, yeah, but I got to go get a salary job yeah. and did it. And, you know, and like moved, I got to move to LA. I got to actually try, you know, like, like there's that I've, I've had to do both. And I think we all have as artists have had to live in both of those veins. And as people with, I mean, we were very open about our mental health uh, on, on this podcast. We did a whole mental health check-in uh, episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we talk about therapy a lot. We think everyone should be in it. Um, hi, but, Chris. Um, hi Chris. <laughs> um, but we, but we do, we really, you know, um, I think most of our listeners and us three for sure can, can relate to this on that deeper level as well. That I think is important. Mm -hmm. That isn't always shown very well in theater. It, yeah, it's, it also reminds me of a lesson that it's taken me years to learn in like romantic relationships is the whole idea of guess what? Sometimes loving someone isn't enough to make it all work mm -hmm. out and be okay. Right. Yeah. Um, that's and, what, yeah. And you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're tackling, you're, you're kind of tackling these things, these themes and these conditions, like these mental illnesses and things like that. You're, you're, you're tackling these things with more tact and ease than I think like next to normal does, which is a show I love to be clear. But, um, do you know that, that musical Maddox? Oh yeah. I love that show. Yeah. That was definitely like, I, I saw that twice, I think in New York and just really loved it for highlighting. Cause again, the, the character, the what's, well, I don't remember what the, anyway, the mom's, the mom's character yeah. is both like fun and exciting Diane, and also struggle Diane, and that's the way that she like you know makes those like that song i miss the mountains is so good yeah so um good. and it's really mm. fascinating when i when i've sent this to places and gotten feedback on it some people think so just for people who aren't reading it it's it begins with elliot having like a panic attack that leads to like some inadvertent violence and then she goes and stays in an institution and then when she comes out she's like i'm gonna fucking stop this i can't do this anymore and she makes this this bowl of pink light that starts giving her both like energy and focus but like anybody who's familiar with both substance abuse or manic episodes knows that spirals out of control but not always in a way that your friends recognize you know they sure. might think oh my god you're doing so great you're functioning so well and inside you're like i am a bag of cats like yeah. what yeah <laughs> um and yeah. so the idea of, of both choosing to like experience the the chaos or the failure versus having that like existential out and then at the end spoiler alert but at the end there's a everybody makes it but Elliot goes to live with some friends of theirs and some people read that as a happy ending they're like I don't know why it's so Pollyanna and I'm like Pollyanna Elliot can't live hmm. by themselves anymore right yeah right. that's not right. a happy I mean it, it is a happy outcome in the sense that there's a place for them to go yes but it also requires such a sacrifice of independence Mm -hmm. um but it's yeah. it's wild to get on a lot of people's parts yeah yeah 
exactly both the the friends that were trying to like grow up and move out of the city and and be you know an actual married couple living somewhere else as opposed to the extended adolescence city and then also the the kid that Elliot wants to raise and it's again everybody's doing their best and it's still a fucking mess and it's mess. still a fucking mess yeah no okay i want to i want to hit pause i want to hit the pause button cuz i want to finish Ooh, yeah. talking about annex next time i have we, much more to say i have much more to say yeah, as well I and got then a lot. Next time, we're also going to talk about the theater, theater, playwright award winning play, Love Chicken. Love Chicken. Uh, Get into that. Uh, I I also have a little story to tell because I ran into Maude the other day. (gasps) And we got to like Uh, kick it for a second. It was really fun. Anyway, we'll talk about it. It Uh, So thrilled to be recognized. Shout out to Maude. I literally, (laughs) I didn't even have to check. I was just like, I know exactly who that is. And walked up, I was like, Yo, are you mod? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell the full story next time. Um, So, okay. So there's a few things we got to do before we get out of here, though. Uh, First things first. Uh, Wait, what's first? Well, do some spotlights? Oh, that one, that one, that one. That one, yeah. L.A. Spotlight. L.A. Spitlitz. Uh, we spotlight the L.A. theater scene. Since we're all from L.A., we say Spitlitz. I know. I'm sorry. That was embarrassing. You I say Spitlitz. I say Spitlitz. <laughs> you Spitlitz. Oh, Spotlight. Yeah, L.A. Spotlight. L.A. Spotlight. Spotlight. Um, I, I, should give spitlitz. A th- I should give a thank you to everybody who's already come out to the reading that's not happening till tomorrow, but it's already <laughs> happened if you're listening to this. <laughs> that makes not sense. confusing at all. Yeah. Thank you in <laughs> Uh, but it's my first. It's my first time on stage, playing a character in over two years. So you know, <sighs> other than some congratulations, and stuff, I'm just like uh, I'm just it feels uh, real good to be back. Decided so, um, but that's all. Then we've got some announcements because some people on the podcast are going to be involved with a uh, reading of a new musical that I'm directing in October. Oh, you're directing it? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I sure am. I'm yeah. going to show up hammered uh, every rehearsal. Wh- uh, why is that different from any other time? But that's all I got. Um, CJ, you got anything? This is your last weekend, y'all, to see Mud at Loft Ensemble in NoHo, written by Brie Pavey, whom we all love. Uh, Friday and Saturday at 8, Sunday at 7. Go to loftensemble.org, y'all. Uh, Sanctuary City is opening in a couple weeks at the Pasadena Playhouse. Check that out. It's a three-person show. The set is awesome. It's a jungle gym. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's a newer playwright, and I uh, this is the West Coast premiere, and I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody check this out. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving going. the Playhouse, and I still think everybody should go see this, this show. Um, <laughs> I said that as if I have really bad blood against the Playhouse. I don't. <laughs> Oh, you of you yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for the disclaimer. Uh, okay, so uh, Maddox, do you have anything that you need to shout out or want to shout out? Yeah, I want to get everybody excited uh, for the Moving Arts Mad Lab First Look series. It's October 1st and 2nd. My uh, colleagues, uh, Alan Freeman and my other colleague whose name I know because he's my buddy and we talk all the time, David Crawford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me literally David all the Crawford. time. Um, <laughs> 
and uh, are being having their plays read at noon and three on Saturday. And mine is going to be on Sunday, October 2nd. It's called Embers Born West. And I'm just incredibly excited to see it's a predominantly native cast. It's got a non-binary Sick. lead, one Dan Lovato from Level Twelve. <gasps> level oh, One Guy Gag, another nominee of the Playwright so Award. Uh, they are just a treasure and a treat. And have, anyway, so I hope everybody comes October second. Uh, links on the the Mad Lab Moving Arts webpage. Awesome. Word, yeah, that's all we got, y'all. Uh, y'all, we all, y'all, we all got. It's all we all got. Good. I'm falling apart. It's 108 degrees in my apartment. What? Uh, is that all? Is that all we do that's the first it. time? That's, that's Andy Baker wrote in this episode, right? We're, yeah, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Uh, but but thank you for joining us for uh, the part one of two of Madcast Poddington, the works of Maddox <laughs> Pennington. Uh, we'll be back next week to finish up Annex and to cover the, the award-winning Love Chicken. Uh, and then we'll we'll rank them, and then we'll get out of here. But go listen to the artist spotlight that we did, and uh, let's close it out. Uh, do y'all have questions, comments, compliments? Do you want to berate me for getting Belinda Carlisle's name wrong? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm really sorry we'll be about that. Her uh, <laughs> um, you can email us. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Scott. Thank you, CJ. A big shout out to uh, Ryan Thomas Johnson, who wrote our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also writes all of our stingers. I did She's CJ's thing game. that time. I went, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true uh, yeah. uh, we, we love yeah. you Ryan and then finally to the great Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Annie Baker who writes every single one of our hey, episodes uh, I don't mean to interrupt but Annie Baker would be proud. oh Bailey yes um, uh, oh fuck I forgot that's okay never mind go ahead Scott go ahead and one day Annie Baker we're gonna buy you a beer Paps Blue Ribbon a Coke Zero we appreciate it y'all <laughs> subscribe rate review Maddox thank you so much for joining us we'll see yeah. you next week yeah. A treasure and a delight. The best of times. Uh, And we'll see you guys later. Please uh, join us next week. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. They say fucking comes first. I don't know the words, but I love theater. Theater. Theater.